Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Well, good morning again to everybody here. How are you today? Are you glad you came? Good. If you're not, you're here now, so you might as well just get glad for a few more minutes. Or get glad. (laughs) Well, my name is Keith, and I'm definitely glad to be here. Um, If it's your first time at Blaze Church, welcome home. We mean that. Whatever brought you here today, whether, again, it was an invitation by Bella and Christian, or uh, maybe for you, this was the day where you said, I'm going to go to church for the first time. Hey, it takes a lot to go to church. It takes a lot of courage to go to church. And so thank you for being courageous to be here this morning. What we like to do at Blaze Church is we like to read God's word and we like to talk for weeks at a time about a topic or about a book of the Bible. And today we're starting a brand new topic called Outside These Walls. Would you say that with me? Say Outside These Walls. Outside These Walls. So for this month, for the next three weeks, I'm going to be preaching and Amy's going to be joining me as well because this is our vision month. Every March, we take some time to talk about the vision that God has for our church, for Blaze Church, for the upcoming year. And so this year, the vision is these words, outside these walls. What I want to do today is I want to do a little realignment for you. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, especially if Blaze Church is your church, I'm here to do a little realignment. How many of you have ever driven in a car that needed a wheel alignment? Where are you at? If you haven't, I've got two of them. They both need a wheel alignment. So you can borrow mine to know what that's like. I know that if I don't keep my hands on the wheel, I'm gonna drift. I'm gonna crash. I'm gonna collide with someone or something. Today, my mission, the reason I want to speak is to align those who call themselves Christians around the mission God has given us. And today, you might be here and you might say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a follower of Jesus, to which I say, thank you for being here because we've been waiting for you. In fact, the reason why we exist If you've ever wondered what's up with Blaze Church, why do we exist? Here's our reason, to blaze the way for lost people to meet Jesus. That's it. That's why we do this. That's why at seven o'clock today, a team got here and put church together in a Moose Lodge basement, in a bingo hall. That's why for eight years now, we have been in this community, the church building, in a hotel, and now here for two years so that we might introduce lost people to Jesus. Now, there's a lot to understand there. What do I mean when I say a lost person? Hey, I once was lost. I want you to understand that. And I know that phrase can be so offensive. You did not come to church today to have some guy that you don't know tell you you're lost, right? So stay with me. I know I've got a hard job today because this is one of the hardest Sundays to preach because the whole room smells like pancakes. And you're, wait, is he almost done? I want those pancakes. So feel for me in this moment, but I want to try to keep you engaged to understand 
We exist for lost people because Jesus came to this world for lost people. And here's all it means. And I'm gonna share it with you through God's word in a moment. But let me just tell you now, if you're a note taker, write this down. A lost person is someone who does not know Jesus. That's it. Doesn't know Jesus. Doesn't know who he is. Living for themselves, that's who I was. Lost, trying things, trying experiences, trying relationships, trying careers, trying friendships, all of it. Trying to find purpose, trying to find reason, trying to find life, realizing, wait a second, I'm lost. Now, for the men in the room, this is harder to admit because guess what, ladies? We're never lost. We won't tell you when we're lost when we're driving. Nope, I didn't miss the turn. I wanted to show you the scenic route. I wanted to show you that I can get to the destination by finding a new route. We're pioneers. We're never lost. So this message is going to be a lot harder for the men than it is for the ladies. So men, take notes. Because the reality is, while we may never be lost in the car, all of us have been, or maybe today, are lost in life. And I know that's hard to understand. So we're going to read God's word to help us. If you're a follower of Jesus today, if you are a Christian, Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, after he died, was buried, rose again, seen by 500 people, like this is verified, he had one last thing to say. And here's his last words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. The last thing Jesus says to his followers, this is for you today if you would say you're a Christian. The last thing he says to you is I'm gonna give you the power to have good church services, to put together a women's retreat, to have a conference. No, no, no. It's not about us to be my witness. I'm going to give you the power through the Holy Spirit to make sure that people around you that don't know me will get to know me. That's our reason. That's why we say at Blaze Church, we wanna help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. That's the four things. But it all is centered around this, meet Jesus. Specifically those that have never met him before. So here's why we need alignment. Here's why we can't just keep moving and having church and singing songs and, and all of that good. But here's why. Without alignment, we will drift. And here's the direction we will drift in. We exist for us. And that's just not true. But if we're not careful, we will start to drift in that direction as a church. Yeah. It, it can happen. Trust me, I've been around churches long enough. I grew up in the church. I've seen it. Without alignment, we can become people who do good things, but you know who we really do it for? Ourselves. And we start to think that all of this is for us. And Jesus says, no, it's for people who don't know me yet. So today I'm gonna, I'm gonna step on some toes. Gonna be a little in our face, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, but that's okay because I'm here to bring some alignment so that we can exist outside these walls. Now, if you don't believe me and you don't believe Jesus, allow me to quote Dietrich Bonhoeffer. With a name like that, you gotta believe this guy. <laughs> My goodness. If you don't know who Dietrich was, he was a German Lutheran pastor who was hung for his beliefs in Jesus and his resistance to Hitler. And on his last words, here's what he says. 
The church is the church only when it exists for others, not dominating, but helping and serving. The church is the church only when it exists for others. So I want you to write, <laughs> I want you to write these two words down somewhere or remember them because this is so important. We're either gonna be the church, that definition, or we're gonna be a club. So what's a church? Well, a church should be a collective of people who once were lost and now are found living for lost people. That's the best definition of a church. It's a collective of different people who have been saved by the grace of God and now are saying, I've got to make sure people around me know Jesus. A club, not that club. A club, too good. I'm a dad. We have dance parties all the time. A club is an organization that exists for its members. Yeah. A club makes sure, are the members satisfied? Are they gonna come back? Are they gonna renew their membership? Why do you think Costco hands out free samples? To keep you coming back? Come on, to make sure our members are happy. And it is so easy for a church to become a club. Hey, are we singing the songs that everybody likes here? Is the service time good? Is, is the environment good? Do we make sure we catered for the men's group, the women's group, the young adult group? All good things, good things. But that's not the focus of this church. And I just got to warn you, if we get really serious about reaching lost people, Jesus followers, Christians, you better be okay with people who don't look like you, live like you, or act like you sitting next to you in these seats. Pastor. Someone was smoking in the parking lot. I know. I offered them a light. <laughs> you got to be okay with this. You got you got to make sure. Now, we're going to discover what Jesus came because he didn't came to condone lostness. He came to save us out of it. He's not saying live how you want, do what you want, act like you want, none of that. He's saying I got a better way for you. But don't you understand in order for lost people to meet Jesus, they have to be in a space where they can meet Jesus? Which means this room is not going to look as pretty as you want it to look. It's not going to be all put together. <laughs> I love this. I remember I was, I talked to different people and I have the best time. And I do my best to make sure that they don't know I'm a pastor for as long as I can. Because once they do, they stop talking for real. They'll pretty up their language a little bit. And I just absolutely love when I'm talking to somebody and then I'll just be talking to people even here and they will just use colorful language to show their excitement that they're in a small group. And I'm like, you are the person we're doing this for. Come on, not so you can stay there. God wants, he wants your mouth. He wants your hands. He wants all of that surrendered to him. But Blaze Church, you and I have got to be okay with if we're going to exist outside these walls, then people outside these walls have to have a seat inside these walls. Yes. They have to. You got to be okay with it because we're called to reach lost people. That's why I said, I'll give you my Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to go and reach lost people. So I want to show you a moment where Jesus went out of his way to find a lost person in really a lost place and what we can discover from that moment. So there's three things I want us to walk through today. One, Jesus came to find lost people. Two, I was lost and now I'm found. And I'm hoping that by the time this message is over, every person can make that statement. May not be your truth now, but it can be. I was lost, but now I'm found. And don't miss this. 
found people find lost people. That's the mission of the church. Jesus came for the lost. I was lost and now I'm found and found people find lost people. So here's the day. We're gonna read from Mark chapter five. Mark is the second book in the New Testament. Mark was the author. He wrote down what he saw, what he heard, what Peter and the disciples told him. And he writes about a day where Jesus went out of his way to find a lost person. Look at this, Mark 5, 1. So they arrived at the other side. Say the other side. side. They arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. The other side is not just the other side geographically. The other side symbolically is speaking of, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. (laughs) This is not home. This is not what we're used to. This is not where I'm comfortable. The other side in this moment is Jewish people have now gone into non-Jewish territory. It's called Gentile. They've gone where everything was the way they liked it. People went to synagogue. You can never find a junior bacon cheeseburger because of kosher. (laughs) You just had all the same voting stuff. You hated Rome the same way. Everything was the same. And Jesus goes to the other side. He steps where the lost are. He goes where no good Jew should go. And he takes it a step further. It says, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. So not only is Jesus on the other side in non-Jewish territory, the Gerasenes, he is talking to someone now who has a demon in him and he's in the tombs. Let me just ask, followers of Christ, Would you go where Jesus calls you to go, even if it means you're surrounded by lost people? Because that's where we're called to go. Jesus says, you're in this world, you're not of it, but you're in it. Stop trying to form holy huddles, safe bubbles to stay away from the world when our commission, our mandate, our mission is to reach lost people. So Jesus goes, I'll just go to the other side. And I'll meet someone that's filled with not my spirit, and I'll go and walk around the dead, the tombs. It said the man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Jesus went where no Jew would go to do what no one would do to seek and save the lost because that's his purpose. He says this about himself in Luke 19, 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Can I tell you that is a good news verse? That should put in you, if you know Jesus today, a gratitude that says, wow, he came to this world to seek and to save me. He came to find me, not to just say, there you are, you're lost, I see you. No, no, to save you. And that's the offensive part of the Christian message. To say I need saving is to admit I need saving. (laughs) And to admit I need saving means I don't got it all together. I can't do this. I'm not good enough on my own. How many know that guy? When I say that, I mean, how many know, well, at least I'm not like that guy. (laughs) Come on, we've all got a that guy in our lives. Well, at least I didn't do what they did. At least I didn't do that. 
I'm not that bad. And Jesus goes, according to whose scale? <laughs> like how good is good enough? Let me just tell you, if you think being a good person is gonna get you into heaven, being a good person is gonna cause God to somehow forgive your sins, that's nowhere in the Bible. We made that up to feel good about us because we all know that guy. And poor that guy doesn't have a chance when it's compared with me. But that's just not the truth. The reality is all of us need a savior and all of us have a savior because Jesus came to this world for everybody. He came for you. He came to seek and save the lost. And he's willing to go into your lostness, into your darkness to make sure that you could be saved. So Jesus came and he walks around the tombs and he finds this man. Now, I'm using this phrase, lost person, a whole lot, and I haven't given you a full definition outside of someone who doesn't know Jesus. Let's look at these verses to discover five things that help us understand what it means to be lost. It says, for he, that's the man, had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. And I read these verses this week slowly. And I asked God to give me a compassionate heart for the man. Because maybe like me, maybe you, you like me can say, sometimes I'll look at lost people and I'll just judge them. They should know better. They shouldn't be living that way. Oh, they need God. Oh, th there's no hope. Christians, that is not the approach that we are called to have. That is not the gospel. That is not Jesus. I read these verses and I saw five things that show us what lostness looks like. And it's, it's my story. It's the was. It's my past. Maybe it's your past or your present. Look, he was in chains. He's not free. Bound up by something. Whatever you think is going to set you free, if it's not Jesus, it's actually a chain in disguise. You think this experience will set me free. If I just got a new relationship, if I just got a new job, if I just had more money, I'd be free. The reality is it's a chain in disguise. Because when we get it, we're not free. And it's never enough. No other person could help him. Oh, we put all of our trust in other people and other experiences. If, 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 they can't help you. They can't. They couldn't help me. No one could. Look at this. He's alive in a dead place. You want to know you're lost? You get to the end of the experience, the end of the trip, the end of the night, the end of the weekend, and you say, why do I still feel so empty? I just had the best time. I spent money. I was out with my guys. It was awesome. Why is there still this weird empty? Because you're alive, but you're in a dead place. You're not really living. Four, crying out for help. That man was crying and bleeding. Somebody help me. Said no one could. Come on, you've been there before. You might be there today. You might get in your car after this message and still say, God, if you're real, where are you? You're crying out for help. And yeah. five, he's hurting himself. I think this is the worst part of lostness when we don't see it. We're actually hurting ourselves in the process. You're taking the gift of life God gave you and instead of using that gift, you're hurting yourself. So Jesus enters this space 
sees this man, sees all that. And here's the good news. He's entered our world and has seen us in the same way. And he sees us in our lostness and he doesn't leave us there. Look what the next verse says. When he, the man saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. Do you know what I'm hoping today is for so many of us, March 3rd, 2024? It's a day when we fall on our knees in front of Jesus. It's a day when we say, I'm done trying to do this thing on my own. I'm done playing this game. I'm done hurting myself and the people around me. Today is a day of surrender. The man falls on his knees and then Jesus starts having a conversation with the man and the demon begins speaking. And the demon says, my name's Legion. There's many of us inside. And the demon pleads, please don't send me into the abyss. Don't cast me out. Send me into those pigs over there. And Jesus says, go. And the demon leaves the man and enters 2,000 pigs and those pigs go down a hill and drown. And the herdsmen, the farmers, see what happened and go running off into the village to tell people what just happened. And then we read this. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man, look at the past tense, who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Well, what does he look like now? Because we used to come out here and maybe make fun of him, maybe judge him. This naked guy in chains, screaming for help, cutting himself. He was the talk of the town. What does he look like now? Oh, now he's sitting, we're going to call that calm, fully clothed, no more shame, and perfectly sane. His thoughts are collected. And they were all, what is the word there? Afraid. Why? That's when they do the bathroom trip. That's what you're all hearing now. They go to the bathroom, they go come back into the class. We're at Church of Curtains. The, the man is sitting there, calm, cool, and collected. Clothed and in his right mind. I don't know, maybe he's playing dominoes with Jesus. Maybe he's just sitting there having a good conversation. He's got his wits about him now. He's not that man that they saw before. For some reason, they're all afraid. We're going to talk about that. Why are you afraid? Why, why is it when you see the power of Jesus, fear enters your heart? It could be because you haven't fell at his feet yet. You don't know what you don't know. Let me ask this. It said in the text, no one could subdue him. No one could control the man. And yet Jesus could. Why was Jesus able to do it when no one else could? And the quick Bible answer is because he's Jesus, right? <laughs> Let me pull on that a little bit. Jesus was able to save this man because he would take his place. This is important. It's not good enough to just say, Jesus can save me. You've got to understand Jesus takes our place to save us. Do you know that one day Jesus would be stripped of his clothing, publicly naked? Do you know one day Jesus would be bound up? Do you know one day Jesus would be bleeding and cry out for help? Do you know one day Jesus would not just be driven into the tombs, he would go into the tomb. But do you also know that three days later, he wouldn't stay in the tomb, but he would come alive and the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. There's resurrection power. 
Jesus is only able to save us because he takes our place. And he rises from the dead and says, and now you have life in me. So this man can sit there because one day Jesus would take his place and Jesus extends a little bit of that grace to him and says, I can transform you. How many are thankful that God has the power to transform us today? Come on. He's able to take your life and make you new. You don't have to live lost anymore. Jesus would pay the ultimate price. And here's the problem. And here's where we go with alignment. The problem is the people in that town were not willing to pay any price for the lost man to be saved. Watch this. It said, then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. I wonder, what do the pigs have to do with the Tattletales story? What do you, yeah, we saw, we saw this, the crazy guy is clothed, but you know what else we saw? The pigs died. Why does that matter? Well, to us in the 21st century, because we're sentimental about animals, right? Love animals. Love them, okay? Don't, don't at me. Love animals. Man, 2,000 pigs died, those poor little piggies. All that wasted bacon. All that pork shoulder. All that sausage, gone. The poor pigs. You and I might be upset about the pigs dying too, but not the same way the first century. Don't miss this. They see running down the hill drowning resource, specifically their finances. And they're upset because is one person worth 2,000 pigs? I don't think so. We can't pay that cost. Do you know the crazy guy is saying now, that's awesome. Yeah, but it costs us 2,000 pigs. Uh-oh. We got to pay the price for lost people to be found. I, I don't know if we could do that. So look at what it says next. It's heartbreaking. Blaze Church, this can't be our verse. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. What's next? The Wagyu? He's going to kill the cows. He's willing to risk everything, all of our dollars, everything we have. He's willing to use it all up just to save some lost people. We can't have this. Get them out of here. Before we know it, this whole town is going to be upside down. Lost people saved and we're going to lose everything. Are you getting it? Blaze Church, we have got to be willing to pay whatever price it costs to make sure that lost people come to know Jesus. Come on, I got family members. You got family members. I got friends, you got friends that don't know Jesus and we're gonna argue over music preference. We're gonna say, well, Landmark better look like this for me. We're gonna make it about us when there's lost people and we're more concerned with the pigs dying. I told you, this is gonna be a series where we've gotta realign our hearts on the mission of Jesus. Whatever the cost, whatever the price, it will never be the ultimate price because he already paid that. So if I got to give some dollars, if I got to join the dream team, if I've got to serve, if I've got to be in a small group, if I've got to give up my seat, we've got to be willing to pay the price for lost people because people matter more than pigs. Not to this town, it didn't. So they say, Jesus, get out of here before you make us pay another price. So Jesus leaves. And that's the crazy part. You and I could push Jesus right out this door if we tried hard enough. We can make it so much about us that he says, this is not a church anymore. This is a club and I don't do clubs. <laughs> Put that on a shirt, bro. Jesus don't do clubs. 
He came to save the lost and he calls the found to find the lost. So the story ends with our lost friend now found and look at what he tries. He goes up to Jesus. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Jesus, these people are crazy. You thought I was crazy. They're really crazy. I'm not staying here with these people. I can't be here any longer. I want to go with you. Isn't there a safe Christian school, a Christian club, a Christian this that I could go with because I got to get out of here. This is crazy. So what does Jesus say? Come on in, man. We got a holy huddle. We got a little bubble. Don't worry. You don't have to be around those people. It's not what he says. Not what he says. Jesus did not let him. He said, go home to your own people. Tell them how much, tell them how much the Lord has done for you. This guy's got such a story. <laughs> He's got such a story. Hey, you don't, listen to me, Christians. You don't have to leave your friends when you become a Christian. You get to be a Christian around them. I've seen so many people. I've seen Joe thrive in corporate America, Google, being a Christian. Seen Rich do it at his job, in his house. Seen Miguel do it in his neighborhood. It's not come to know Jesus. Oh man, gotta get me a Christian job. Gotta find me a Christian this, Christian. No, stay there. Be the light in the darkness. Love people well. That's where this question comes up. But how do I do it? How do I share? So I'm gonna save you so much money right now, Christians. You do not need to buy that masterclass on evangelism you're planning to buy later off YouTube, okay? You don't have to. I'm gonna give you evangelism 101 real fast. It's easy. Here it is. Two, two things. Where do you start? Start with your own people. That means don't leave your people yet. Start with your own people. Start with the buddies that you used to get drunk with. You're not getting drunk with them anymore. You're with them to show them the love of Jesus. Start with your own people. Start with your own neighborhood. I've seen so many people want to take a step towards evangelism and they start with the stranger. They go, I'm gonna go in the streets. I'm gonna get me some tracks. If you don't know what tracks are, you are blessed for it. Trust me. Trust me on that. I'm gonna get some confusing, basically confusing Christian material that's not biblical. I'm gonna hand it to them. But first I'm gonna ask them, if you died today, Rich, would you go to heaven or hell? And I'm gonna say it like that too. And I'm gonna see how they respond. And they're gonna think I'm nuts. But that's okay. It's all part of evangelism, right? No. <laughs> go to your own people. And tell them, well, what do I tell them? Oh, that's easy. Just tell them what God's done for you. Yeah, yeah but what if I get it wrong? You can't, it's your story. Yeah. But what if I mess up a verse? That's fine. There's a whole book. Just be like, I'm new to this. I did my best. <laughs> that's my own translation of that verse. God loves me. He loves you. Just tell them what he's done for you. Adults, this is our mission I love it. I love hearing stories of kids that are doing this all in their communities, doing it at, in their school or doing it in their, their clubs they're a part of, their extracurriculars, doing it for their own family. How many of you, maybe you've experienced a kid that's invited you to come to church before? You ever had that moment? It is the purest thing when kids are giving up. Come with me to Easter. Come see me in my Christmas play. That's kids doing it. Adults, we can do this. We've got to, or we're going to think that this is all about us. It's not. So Jesus tells the man, go back to your own town and start telling people. Blaze Church, this is not a place for cliques, clubs, or holy huddles. This is a place for us to gather so we can scatter. 
Small groups start this week. I'm so excited. We got more than 90 different people signed up for a small group. And that's why we're having pancakes today. We're going to celebrate with a little pancakes, syrup, and all of it. We got chocolate chip pancakes today. Somebody heard from the Lord and said yes. I'm excited for those. But we're not going into small groups this week so that we can just get a safe space to live. We gather to scatter. You're gonna leave that group the next day and say, man, I'm so fired up from being around my friends who know Jesus. I gotta show somebody love. I've gotta, I gotta pray for somebody. I've gotta care about somebody. It's so awesome. So we as a church have a big opportunity coming up in four weeks. Easter Sunday's in four weeks. March 31st, and we're adding service time so that this room can be filled over with lost people once again. So we have an 8 a.m. service and then our normal 9.30 and 11 service times. 8 a.m. 8 a.m., there's no blaze kids. So maybe for you, you don't have kids or you're coming as a single, you got friends that don't have kids. You're saying, this is the service we're gonna go to because that's the closest to a sunrise service that I will do right now in my season of life, okay? Grew up sunrise service. Watch the sun come up and be exhausted and talk about Jesus. 8 a.m., all right? And I, here's what I want you to do. Don't come alone. Come with somebody. Bring a friend. In fact, I'm gonna help you right now. Do this. Hey, would you come with me to church on Easter? Afterwards, I'll treat you to brunch. Are you willing to pay that price so that they can experience God's love in this space? Absolutely. Or are the pigs worth too much? We gotta do whatever it takes. We gotta, we gotta be willing to say, hey, just come with me. I just want you to know that you're loved. I want you to be in an environment. It's gonna be a great service. That's four weeks. Today, we're gonna end by celebrating communion together. We're gonna take what Jesus gave us as the symbol that reminds us our sins have been forgiven. So in just a moment, we're gonna take that together. But first, I wanna pray for you. I'm ask the worship team to join me. And I'm gonna ask everyone here to bow their head and close their eyes. It's a sign of prayer. It's just a humble posture. No one looking around. And you might be hearing this message today and you might be saying, man, I have just never put my faith in Jesus before. I've, I've never said yes to Jesus. Hey, I just spent 30 minutes sharing with you that Jesus came to this world to seek and save the lost. And you need that boldness now to say, I am in fact lost, but I want to be saved. I want to be found. Romans 10, 9, Romans is a book in the New Testament. It says, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, God raised Christ from the dead, we will be saved. So as a church, we're gonna confess and we're gonna, we're gonna declare God raised Christ from the dead. I wanna invite you, if you wanna know Jesus today, to say this prayer, to put your faith in him and to go from lost to found, to go from dead to alive. So long we pray together, say this with me, say heavenly father. I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven. Thank you for new life. Today I give you mine. Thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, would you clap your hands with all of heaven? The scripture says when one person knows Jesus, heaven rejoices. We want to put a Bible and a book in your hands today. So before you leave, stop by our welcome home area. I'm going to ask you to stand right now and we're going to end our time together with communion before we go and enjoy some pancakes and community. This might be your first time at Blaze Church. That doesn't mean you can't celebrate communion with us. 
God's word says, if you are saved, this is a moment to remember Jesus. So if you know Christ today, come to the front, take the cracker, take the juice, bring it back to your seat, and then we're all gonna take together. If you don't wanna celebrate communion today, that's fine. Stay where you are, allow others to pass by you, and once everyone has gotten who wants, we will take together. I will ask, please come up this way. Rose, is that you over there? I can't see past the light. Awesome. Rose is there. Go where Rose is. Come up this way. She's going to make sure you watch your step because there's cameras and there's wires everywhere. But we're going to celebrate together. And I invite you to join us if you know Jesus. Again, if you don't, stay where you are. Stay standing. Our team is going to sing a song. You can listen to the words. You can sing with them. But let me pray, and then I'm going to grab the cracker and the juice. God, thank you so much for this beautiful time together. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you are our living hope. As we take communion now, we say thank you for saving us and for finding us. In Jesus' name, amen.